Thank you for listening in to this week's sermon from Restoration Church Bryan. To learn more about Restoration, you can find us online at restorationbryan.com. We are so grateful for all those who are able to listen online, and we pray the message encourages you and challenges you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you are not already connected to a local church, we would love to invite you to join us for worship. If you are listening from another city, we pray that this message is a great supplement to your walk with Christ, and our hope is that you would have a gospel-centered local church that you call home. Thanks again for listening. Well, if you got your Bibles, Acts 14, 1 through 7, as, as Sam uh, has, has already read for us this morning, we're going to, we'll dive, we'll dive into the text in just a moment. Uh, last year, Steph and I, uh, during, during the, the kind of the, the, the height of COVID world, we, we watched the, the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. So I, 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 prob- I promptly canceled Facebook for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and got back on. Uh, if you if you haven't seen it, uh, you need to. It's 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 a little bit it's a little bit eerie. Uh, how, how many how many of y'all have seen uh, the social dilemma? Okay, uh, it, it's a little bit eerie. And, and what's what's evident is that if you watch this documentary, what's evident is that these companies, uh, Facebook. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, now TikTok and others, they, they, are, they are studying us. They are, they are watching our, our habits and patterns. And, and, and the sad thing is uh, they, they know us really well. They know us really, really well. So much so that they have really created this almost perfect addiction machine uh, meant to manipulate and, and often indoctrinate uh, and, and really feed us only what, what uh, kind of fine-tuned, only what you want to see and what you want to hear, all while fine-tuning the algorithms uh, to, to really foster these echo chambers with all of our digital friends where we just kind of see and hear from people who think exactly like us and have all the same ideologies as us. And all the while, they're selling our info. Uh, they're selling our patterns. They're, they're, they're selling our, our purchasing power to companies that are more than willing to pay up. Uh, and, and yet we continue to scroll and we continue to consume. Uh, and, and, and the point, the point of that is, is, is this. Uh, Facebook uh, and Instagram, they know who you are based on your patterns. Y'all with me? They know who you are based on your patterns. And, and, and so here's the, here's the pertinent question uh, to our text this morning. Christian, what are your gospel patterns? What are your gospel patterns? See, your, your life is, is, is the sum total of your habits. Uh, and, and your habits are revealing your patterns. And ultimately, your patterns are exposing the priorities of your life and your heart. Uh, and, and so, so Acts 1.8, we, we've, we've come back back to this over and over again. But Acts 1, we, we have this gospel blueprint that Jesus has laid out. 
That he, he says, you, you will receive power. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you're, you're going to be my witnesses starting in Jerusalem, but really into uh, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and so that, that gospel blueprint is still unfolding in Acts chapter 14 in Iconium. And, and, and kind of like this like giant, you are here, red dot at an amusement park, it, it's letting us know where things are in the outworking of this gospel mission. And, and so as we examine Paul's patterns, because that's what we're going to do this morning. We're just, as we look at the first seven verses of chapter 14, we're going to examine Paul's patterns in Acts 14. And, and what we're going to see is we're going to see these, some deep-rooted gospel priorities, really in spite of some pretty crazy circumstances. And, and so, so here, here's the sobering reality, I think, for the church, Right? Um, social media, may, Facebook, Instagram, these companies, they, they may know your, your patterns, but Christian, God knows your gospel patterns. Amen? God, God knows our, our gospel patterns. And, and your patterns are, are either reflecting a life on gospel mission or, or a life consumed by worldly pursuits. Uh, and so this morning, the, the, the call is really to, to pay attention to these patterns and specifically the gospel patterns of your life. So as you look at verse 1, as you look at verse 1, our first point this morning, it says this, Now at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue, and they spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Our first point this morning is this. Christian, you need a, you need a gospel game plan. You need a gospel game plan. I want, you, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, gospel game plan. Y'all sound depressed about the gospel game plan thing. I want you to look at your other neighbor and say, gospel game plan. That was a little kind of more excited. Iconium, let me give you a little bit of background. In Acts 13, they just left, they just left Antioch of Pisidia, and, and they come to Iconium. And, and a little bit of background, I, I, Iconium is modern-day Konya in, in Turkey. Uh, it, 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 at the time... Uh, at the time of Luke's writing, it, it stood, uh, it was about 3,400 uh, feet above sea level. Uh, it was 90 miles southeast of Antioch of Pisidia, to give you an idea of the distance that was traveled from Acts 13 to 14. Uh, Iconium, uh, it widely believed today, Iconium was much more Greek in influence and really had managed to stay uh, relatively untouched by Roman influence. Uh, Merrill Unger says this about Iconium. It was a garden spot situated in the midst of orchards and farms, but surrounded by deserts. So, so elevated, uh, it, it was pretty, a, a pretty uh, you know, fertile, unique spot, but it was surrounded by deserts. Paul, 
Paul would return to Iconium multiple times. Uh, in Acts 16.20, he went back to Iconium on his second missionary journey. Uh, many believe that in Acts 18.23, though it doesn't specifically name Iconium, uh, it talks about these regions of Galatia that Paul went back on his third missionary journey and visited. And so uh, in Iconium, the text tells us that they entered together into the Jewish synagogue. They entered together into the Jewish synagogue. Listen, was Paul God's instrument and, and tool to reach the Gentiles for the sake of the gospel? Absolutely. Absolutely. It goes all the way back to his calling in Acts chapter 9. But, but listen, just because he was God's chief missionary to the Gentiles to take the, the, the gospel to the ends of the earth, that doesn't mean that he didn't have a heart for his own people, for the, for the Jewish people. Paul understood, church family, he understood the blueprint. He, he understood that though the gospel was to go to the ends of the earth, the message was to the Jews first. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, For I, Paul would later say, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And so later in Acts 17 too, uh, the author of Acts, Luke's just going to spell it out. Acts 17 too says this, as was his custom. Paul, it was his custom. Every city he, he, he rolled into, he was looking to start at the Jewish synagogue. He had, a, he had a gospel game plan. If there was a Jewish synagogue, he was going to start there. And you say, man, like knowing the events of Acts 13, especially 45 through 47, where they encountered all that opposition in Antioch of Pisidia, uh, in, in the comments that, 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 that Paul makes uh, in, in verse 46 and 47, why, like why in the world? He, he, they hit Iconium and he goes right back right back to the synagogue. Derek Thomas says this, there was a strategic reason for this. There was a strategic reason for doing this. Strategically, the synagogue was a natural meeting place. Since Paul and Barnabas were Jews, Derek Thomas says, they had every right to attend, they were getting, and they were even given the opportunity to speak. We saw that. The synagogue would provide them with a gathered audience of people eager to hear the word of God, and they would, it would be an audience that was already familiar with the scriptures and all the promises in the scriptures. And so the gospel, Paul's gospel game plan was to start in the synagogue, to start inside the synagogue. But, it, but here's the deal. It didn't stay there. They're, they're, the goal was to move from inside out. The goal was to move from inside out. So yes, in the Jews, you, you had an audience that was familiar with the Old Testament. They, they, they were familiar with the scriptural concepts of God and sin and, and redemption and salvation. But the synagogue was just, that was just the jumping off point. 
Whether Jew or Gentile, the plan, listen, the plan was always to see where God was at work, to connect with, with persons of peace, to uh, uh, people in whom God was already stirring their hearts, people in whom God was already stirring up gospel belief. So, so all, all that to say, church, don't think for a, for a minute that Paul and Barnabas were just kind of aimlessly wandering around, walking up and down the street, trying to shout and share Jesus with everyone that they came across. And no, like, I'm not, I'm not knocking street evangelism, uh, but what I'm saying is this. They had a gospel game plan, amen? They had a gospel game plan. Look at your neighbor and say, gospel game plan. Listen, it's important. You, you, like you've, you've, got, you've got to have a game plan after after. Torching my, my shoulders in 2019, I, 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 tore, I tore my labrum in my left shoulder. Uh, and, and, and so after my, my journey, after going to the chiropractor for, for 18 months, uh, there came a point a little while back where I was, I was, ready, I was ready to work out again. And I, I had been threatening to, to build out my home gym. And I'd been talking about it so much. I think Steph just got tired of me talking about it, honestly. Uh, but at some point, I, 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 had to execute a, I had to execute a game plan. And so not too long ago, I started putting together my own home gym in, in, in honor of the late, great uh, R.C. Sproul. We have affectionately dubbed the name of my home gym R.C. Swoles. Um, and of course, the, the weight bench and, and, and rack, when they came in, uh, when they came in uh, and were shipped, you know, they, they, there's like 172 steps and like 900 parts and pieces to it. But listen, like, I, I put that bad boy together pr- fairly quickly because here's the thing. At 41, like my, my body d- doesn't just like magically not grow love handles. Okay, <laughs> it's just how it goes, and, and and so I like I had to get a game plan together. I had to get a game plan together and 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 execute it. Like that, that's how it works. And so here, let, let me let me drop some application from our text, just just from verse one. Christian, what is your game plan? Like. What is, what is your game plan? You say, well, like, I, 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 go, I go to work, uh, I come home, I, I, I work on projects, I turn on the TV, uh, and, and then, like, I just hit repeat and do, you know, the same thing the next day. Like, that's not a game plan. That's just, that's just life happening to you. That's not, a, that's not a game plan. Too many Christians are not living a life by design. And so here's the question, Christian, what is your gospel game plan? What is your gospel game plan? It's, it's probably going to look a little bit different than, than Paul's, right? I don't, like, I don't even, I'm not sure where the Jewish synagogue is in Bryan. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. You're like, I'll start there. <laughs> um, parents, parents, what, what, is, what is our 
What is our gospel game plan? What are, what are we doing to disciple our kids? Like, what's your game plan? Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, if, if, you don't, uh, if you don't have a game plan, in the absence of a game plan, your, your children are being discipled by the culture. They're being discipled by the culture to love the things of the world. To, to grow up as, as narcissists, to live for the approval of others, to, to live for money, to live for stuff, to abandon their purity before puberty. And so parents, in light of Deuteronomy 6, what's the game plan to infuse the word of God into their everyday lives and to make loving Jesus and following Jesus like the chief end of their, of their life. Students, what's your, what's your game plan? What's your game plan? Listen, uh, gra- graduation is, is not a, a good gospel game plan. Good, good, good grades, that, that, stellar, that stellar internship. Listen, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Like, I, I hope you work hard and achieve for the glory of God. I'm just saying you can gain all the things. Scripture says you can gain the whole world, but lose your soul. Mark 8, 36. And you can... You can get so focused on all the college goals that you forget that Christ's goal for your life is is to follow him and to make him known in the world around you. Adults, my adults over over 50, if you're over 50 or 60, what's your what's your gospel game plan? For so long, uh, retirement was, was like the objective, right? It, it was the objective of working adults. But, but you, don't, you don't retire from gospel ministry, amen? Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> you, don't, you don't retire from gospel ministry. Too many, too many senior adults are, are, are checking out. They, listen, they're not, all, they're not all checking out of the church. They, they, they might still have their friend group or their ministry that they attend, their class or their, their programs, but they're, they're checking out of discipleship. They're checking out of discipleship. And we have younger generations of adults and couples who, who are clueless and struggling but, but, they, but they Googled parenting, right? <laughs> or, or they read a, a blog or a book about, about marriage. So they think they're experts, but they're drowning. They're drowning. And they need Bible-knowing, life-seasoned seniors to come alongside them and show them how to follow Jesus in their season of life. Amen? Church. We need every follower of Jesus taking ownership of their gospel game plan. Amen? Singles. I, I, it doesn't matter. Listen, we need, let me say that again. We need every follower of Jesus taking ownership of their gospel game plan. 
if you're if you're okay going through your day or your week or your month or, or, or even your year without strate- strategically thinking about how, how you're going to follow Jesus and make him known, it may be time to admit that you're, far more, that you're far more worldly than you are a witness for the sake of the gospel. Understand this. Church family, you... You, you game plan what's important to you, right? We all do it. We, we game plan what's important to us. And so, it, it, listen, if, you, if you've got a game plan for fitness, if you've got a game plan for your health, if you've got a game plan for money, for, for retirement, for sports, for you've got a game plan for school, or you've got a game plan for all the leisure activities that you're going to do this summer, and, and you've got a game plan for all the things but you don't have a gospel game plan that bleeds in to all of those things. Your, your life patterns are revealing the priorities of your heart. We need a gospel game plan. Amen. Second thing this morning, as we look at verses two through seven, let me, let me, let me read it again. It says this. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles, and they poisoned their, mind, their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city, they were divided. Some sided with the Jews, some with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both Jews and Gentiles with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, that's murder, they learned of it and they fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Laconia and the surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. They continued to preach the gospel. Here's our second point. And really, we're going to close with our third point. So so dial in. Our second point this morning is you need need some gospel grit. Amen? You need some gospel grit. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, gospel grit. Not grits. Gospel grit. I I bet those would be delicious. But look at your other neighbor and say, gospel grit. You need, we need some gospel grit. See, in verse 2, in verse 4, in verse 5, once again, we see this pattern of opposition and persecution to the gospel. Verse 2 tells us the unbelieving Jews, they stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their mind. That, that Greek word, epigero, means to stir up, to excite. And so it's a new city, new city, Iconium, but the same anti-gospel playbook. Same anti-gospel playbook. You see the Jewish leaders and their followers creating all this drama in turning others against Paul and Barnabas and their companions. And and so you might think naturally, like at this point, okay, man, there's some pretty intense opposition. So you might think that this would necessitate another transition to another city. Uh, Man, they're going to pack their things and they're going to head out. They're going to move on. They're going to move on down the road immediately. But in verse three, in in really seemingly like jarring juxtaposition with verse two, it's like, here's opposition. And so they remain for a long time. You're like, what? Is that, <laughs> that's what it says? Yes. 
And Tony Morita says, instead of being intimidated, the missionaries were inspired to even bolder witness. Church family, they were resolved in the, in the face of this resistance. They, they had gospel grit. They, they had gospel grit. They, they continued to bear witness. They, they continued to perform signs and wonders. And you know, you know what else they were doing? They were planting a church. They were planting a church. We'll get there. We'll get there when we jump back into Acts. Uh, but, but look ahead in Acts 14, 21 through 23. 21 through 23 says, when, when they had preached the gospel to the city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they believed. And so you say, man, well, why, why after verse 2 did they stay? They, listen, it wasn't just to build their preaching platform. It wasn't to establish their ministry brand. They were planting the Iconium church. They were planting the Iconium church. They were, they were discipling others. They were, they were teaching them the word of God. They were equipping them and training others to continue the mission that they had started. And ultimately, as I've already said, they would come back. They would come back and raise up elders. They would come back and, and return again to ensure that the, 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 the church's spiritual vitality in orthodoxy. But verse 4 tells us that the, the people, the people of the city, by verse 4, got, they, they, they were divided. It's this Greek word, it, it's spelled S-C-H-I-Z-O, it's, but it's pronounced schizo. It's where we get our English word for schism. Uh, the, the city was torn apart. There was a split. And, and ultimately, in verse 5 and 6, we, we, we do see there, come, there came a point where wisdom said it was time to go. Lystra was about 18 miles to the southwest. Derby was another 55 miles further south from where they were in Iconium. But, but Paul, Paul got wind of this murder plot. Tony Evans says this, knowing when to stay in spite of persecution and when to leave requires wisdom. There's no one size fits all answer we need. Evans says we need to follow the Spirit's leading. But here's what I want you all to understand, church. Paul and his companions didn't hit the eject button at the first hint or the first sign of opposition and hardship. They didn't, they didn't bail out at that first sign of opposition. They, they had gospel grit. They had gospel grit. Years ago, years ago, a, a pastor a friend of mine, almost 20, 15, 20 years ago, had a, had a big vision for, for his local church. And the church was, was excited, and they, they had purchased land, and God, God was moving in a church, really in a church that hadn't experienced any kind of substantial growth in decades. But he, 
but he hit some opposition along the way. In this case, not, not from outside the church, but inside the church. It, it was the old guard that, that really uh, wasn't too happy about all the change and all the growth. And so in a, in a very short amount of time, in the face of all the opposition, uh, uh, this, this friend of mine, he, he said he felt called to plant another church right down the road. And within five or six years as that church, the church plant was, was kind of floundering and not really got, getting off the ground. He said, well, I, f- I, feel, I feel called to really, let's, let's take this to like a house church movement. And within a couple of years, he was completely out of the power. Pastorate, not out of ministry, but out of the pastorate. And in my mind, I, I, I've always wondered. There's no no judgment, but I always wondered what my friend's life in ministry would have looked like if he had just had some gospel grit that was modeled by Paul here in Acts 14. You say, well, what, what, is, what does this mean? What does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? You don't, you don't persevere by accident in the Christian faith. You, you persevere by, by design. Again, you look at verse 3 and it just says they remain for a long time. Different folks think maybe it was a few months. Others say it was maybe up to a year, year and a half. There's no, there's no substitute for time. There, there's, there's power Church family, there's power in, in, in staying for, for, for many Christians. Listen, I, this isn't a word for all of you, but it may be a word for some. Um, for many Christians, you, you, never, you never see fruit because you're, you, you bail every time things get hard. Or, 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 or even just uncomfortable. And, and as soon as there's any type of pushback, like you, you bounce. Or as soon as that, as soon as a relationship in the church gets hard uh, uh, or, or goes south, you're, you're, you're feeling called by God to, to leave. And we need to, we need to take notes from Paul. And in the face of hard things, we press in. And we press into the gospel. And, and we work through it. Like, listen, the church is messy. Amen? Can I get an amen? It's messy. Restoration Church, right? It's messy. I don't care what local church we're talking about. It's, it's messy, but the local church is God's plan A to make disciples of the, of, of the nations. But listen, it is why for, for, some, for some Christians, it's why you've been maybe in the same holding pattern for years, just bouncing. God help us. We, we, need, we need some gospel grit. We need some gospel grit. I love that verse 7, even as they moved on to Lystra and, and Derby and Lyconium months later, says they continue to preach the gospel. They continue to preach the gospel. See, over the past 15 months, too many, too many churches and Christians just stopped preaching the gospel. We just stopped preaching the gospel. Our, our gospel grit, it, it weakened and, and it waned. And our resolve went away and we, and we started acting like our hope was in a dozen other things other than Jesus. And, and, and our anger grew about all the things, but really what needed to grow was our gospel resolve. 
in our gospel urgency. And we should have, listen, we should have seen through the lies and the deception of Satan. We should have seen through the deception of the enemy to get us focused on all these humanistic measures while forgetting about the gospel message. And so now you, like, you've got ministries and you've got churches and you've got Christians who are, who are struggling and they're, they're languishing spiritually and they're, they're wondering like what, like, what happened? You stopped. You stopped. You, 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 don't, you wouldn't say it, but you, you functionally gave up on the gospel. That's not, that's not where your hope is no longer in Christ crucified for sinners and raised. You gave up on grace. You, you lost your urgency and you, you, you began to succumb to all this anger, which then led to pride and spiritual apathy. And, and we, started, we started talking about all the sin that was out there, all the sin that's out here. And, and, it, and that's super convenient because then we get to ignore the wretched sin that lurks in our own hearts. And drives us back to understanding that we all need Jesus. We lose our gospel grit. And listen, the, the, way, the way back is through humility. Amen? And the way back is through repentance and gospel renewal. So, so listen, church, pay, pay attention to your patterns. Pay, pay attention to the patterns. Listen, hear me. Pay attention to the patterns of your heart because gospel grit flows from being Christ-centered and Christ-dependent in every area of your life. Your family, in your work, in your politics, and in all the things, even in the most private places of your life, gospel grit flows from being completely Christ-centered and Christ-dependent. Amen? I want to make sure we get, I got we to make sure we got this. We should look at your neighbor and say, gospel grit. Third point this morning is really, is really, I'm, I'm, I'm going to close. I'm going to close with our third point, and it really goes back to verse three. It says they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of His grace. So I'll close. I'll close with this, and 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 and, and then we're done. Listen, you, you need a gospel game plan. You need gospel grit. You need gospel grace. Amen. You need gospel grace. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say gospel grace? Look at the other neighbor and say, gospel grace. They, they bore witness to the word of grace. Word of grace. In the Greek, that word for word is logos. The word or the message. And in the Greek, that word for grace is, it's spelled C-H-A-R-I-S. Looks like charis or charis. It's pronounced haris. But church fan, we, like, we've got to make the connection. In John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then you get over to John 1.16, and we see from this Logos, from His fullness, we have all received grace, haris, upon grace, haris. 
And so church, we've forgotten that the good news is not just a word of grace. The good news is a person of grace for all people. Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the good news. And Tony Morita, he, he said this, what, what, think about what upset the religious opponents the most. What upset them the most? Grace. They were mad enough to kill the missionaries over the good news that God extends unmerited kindness to all who will turn to him by accepting faith and placing their faith in Jesus. Morita says the default mode of our hearts is works-based righteousness. The default mode of our heart is works-based righteousness. Derek Thomas says, Paul was preaching a gospel that was essentially free from the idea of burden and merit. Thomas says, for by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin, Romans 3.20. The gospel requires no prior qualifications on our part. And that's really good news. That is really good news. Because Colossians 1.12 alludes to this. Ready? None of us is qualified. Amen? None of us. God Colossians 1.12, God does the qualifying through the work of Jesus Christ. And, and so, church, Christian, the most important pattern and priority of your life should be gospel grace. The most important pattern and priority of your life should be gospel grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Christian, listen, you, can, you should give grace because you have received a grace that you will never be able to plumb the depths of. And spiritual seeker, listen, until if you're here and, and you, you haven't trusted Jesus, but you're exploring and you're searching after the truth, listen, until you receive God's grace for you in Jesus, listen, your ability to love and to forgive and, and to heal will always hit the lid of your heart. It will be limited by a heart operating on a merit-based system. And until you surrender to the, to the truth that we all, all of us, fall short of the standard of God's righteousness and justice and that only Jesus is the solution, grace for you is going to be like an idea, but not a reality. It'll be an idea, but not a reality. And I, listen, I, I can't put it any better way than the old hymn that just says this, marvelous, infinite, matchless grace. Amen? Freely bestowed on all, all who believe. You who are longing to see His face, the face of Jesus, will you this moment His grace receive? And we need gospel grace. We need that word of grace 
this morning, may have you received the grace of God in Christ Jesus. Y'all pray with me.